podcast yeah before we do oh have you seen detective pikachu yet no i haven't no. okay oh, joe was all get... like oh i don't want to watch it oh w- if you like if you've got any inclination i wouldn't bother really it's not good it's not no. good now. do you okay. want to give us a quick mini review for the start of this episode <laughs> if you want so what what's bad about it is it serviceable um yeah i suppose so i mean i thought it would be it was going to be like kind of you know, kind of like Lego movie or something where it's like, it's kind of cool and you're just like, oh yeah. So Even- Lego movie is an example of a film that should not work and really does. Mm. Mm. I well, would I say that's, uh, that's not common. Yeah, that's what I thought this was going to be. I can see why you'd think that. Because if you're going to make a Pokemon film, you'd just make pokemon the movie or something like that the fact yeah. that they've gone for the detective pikachu exactly. direction and it's got ryan gosling as not ryan gosling ryan reynolds i always confuse those two yeah they're basically oh. ryan reynolds is sort of funny it's meant to be Ra- I think. ryan reynolds playing the electric rat um, <laughs> <laughs> the titular electric rat <laughs> yeah um that's good does it uh does it work some references in? Did you did you get the the Pokemon references? I mean, yeah, like that that's the only real thing good thing about it where you're like, oh yeah, I know that one. That looks cool in CGI. Mm. It's basically what I'd heard about it is that it's uh, it's very sort of average, easy to follow plot that you'll guess within twenty five minutes. I mean, like the plot is just like m- mental. Like I thought it'd be like, oh yeah, they're gonna try and like solve some crime. Like maybe the water's getting poisoned, and it turns out it's Team Rocket or something. You know, like <laughs> it's something like cool like that. It's mental. It's like a really weird. I don't want to. St- <laughs> Can you spoil Detective Pikachu? I don't know. <laughs> it's basically the plot to get out. All oh, right. What? <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's just crazy. Oh, is this Team Rocket in it, or is that a spoiler? I th- I th- it starts and you're like, oh, there's like someone turns up and you're like, oh, that's that's definitely someone from Team Rocket. And no, it isn't. It never gets mentioned. It's just Jim Carrey. <laughs> is there like a timeline for Pokemon at this point? Is this a sort of this like par- post This is a par- apparently canon as well. Is that? Yeah. It's, does it have like a character in it saying, I like wearing shorts that are comfortable to wear? Or anything like that. <laughs> you know, any of the weird... Like the, oh, I think right, in, in every the... game as well, I think there's a character you can speak to that says, isn't technology incredible? I don't know. I, I didn't pick up on anything like that. The people sort about... of like standing out there in the middle of the streets, just rotating 90 degrees every now and again. Staring, and if yeah. you happen to get into their line of sight, <laughs> then they come and harass you. It's funny. There's probably only about, I would say, 15 to 20 different Pokemon in the actual film. Most of those must be in the trailer then. Yeah, they, you know, because obviously it would take a lot to sort of design and render all these different Pokemon, so they just reuse a lot of this. There's like Charmanders in every single shot, and you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, just stick them anywhere you can. <laughs> yeah. Um, th- so yeah, they like, basically it's set in a in a region of the, the universe or the world where... Um, it's not legal to catch Pokemon. It's just like, oh, Pokemon live amongst humans in this region. And they mention like, I think it's like Kanto region or something. They talk about that. Um, but they say like, here, we don't we do not do that. We don't fight Pokemon. It's like, 
you know, we it's just live chill. amongst them. Yeah. That seems a bit risky getting into the politics of whether or not you should catch Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Going in fists swinging. Mm. Um, it's just w- really weird film, but it's also like not funny enough or sort of dry enough to be that engaging. It is just like really cheesy. Okay, fine. Mm. Still, yeah. I think when I checked Metacritic, it had something like 52 which was too higher than whatever the last... What was the other film that we thought was halfway good? We were using... Uh, is it Prince, Prince of Persia, Persia. Yeah. As, the, as our benchmark for video game films that were okay? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's okay. It's, but like if, right. you, if, you're not, if you're not bothered about seeing it, I wouldn't rush out. An okay is a win for video game adaptation. I suppose so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know where to leave from here. Uh, do, we, do we talk about the... The Snapchat filter that makes you look like the opposite gender or the fact that grumpy cats died. Well, take your pick. <laughs> A lot to work with there. Seven years of age, rip. Tardar sauce, is it? Yeah, yeah. apparently. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit <laughs> sad the, about yeah, that. Yeah, you're the one that told me and I thought, oh, because it popped up on your Twitter. <laughs> yeah, like I, it's been a while since Twitter's popped up breaking news but i guess they've figured out that that's something i would want to know about that's something the twitter sphere is definitely going to respond to i feel i think i was lurking around on imager when grumpy cat first rose to <laughs> to prominence prominence fame. to reluctant in- prominence fame. And fame yeah yeah what are the other uh famous internet animals uh maru Maru, yeah. What's that? It's Maru's the, the Japanese cat, um, Scottish Fold, I want to say. The box-loving cat, basically. If you Google, like, cat jumping into boxes, then that's Maru, Maru probably, that comes up. Yeah, still. Like, Googling it now. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Big um, sort of The hamster big, that looks around at the camera or whatever. It's gopher, isn't it? Surprised gopher. Yeah. Oh yeah, gopher. Uh, there was the the panda with the panda cub that sneezed. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Panda. yeah. 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 Um, are those still alive? Oh, you keyboard see cat. Keyboard cat. But you see, none of these are still in there. None of these stayed in the public eye the way that Grumpy Cat did. Grumpy Cat, I feel like, was the first. Um, yeah, but that was they tried to make a go of that being it like a real world star didn't they they like took it on tours and stuff yeah mm. it's on news stations yeah i mean it worked yeah so like the one of the top tweets when i looked at the uh the comments on this thing was somebody saying oh i'm i'm so glad i got to meet grumpy cat at some con or other with like a photo of them and the cat <laughs> i mean did you see limmy's tweet surprisingly down to earth and very funny <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the one that's the one that i thought you'd retweeted but it wasn't oh you. right yeah it was just there yeah well a sad loss can you tell me anything about the snapchat filter it's very good isn't it it's pretty, Have you got pretty snapchat? weird yeah can i try it because yeah. I don't have Snapchat. I've been sending you Snapchats all the time. If you logged into your really? account, you'd have a treasure trove, yeah. Oh, what? I'm sorry. <laughs> For years I've been sending them. I probably still do have it then. I did go through a phase where I purged a lot of accounts. Right, hang on, you need to, we'll take a foot. You need to like press down on your face. Press down on my face. Hang on. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait a minute. I'll go get him. I'm getting music, music popping up. The sort of memes I've seen relating to this kind of thing are... 
I saw one today about somebody who won these classic woke up woke up oh, wow. to find that I'd drunkenly created a <laughs> dating right, profile. Is it that one there? Yeah. You look like a new That's new not bad. God. Well, that's upsetting. It's not bad, is it? It Same looks a David. No, actually don't. I'll tell you it does look a bit like your sister. Really? No, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't know what to see. Oh, that's weird. That's really good, actually. How did There's one it? that can make you look like a man as well. <laughs> <laughs> it basically you just look the same but your jaw's bigger okay <laughs> all right it is it's basically just changing your face shape to a more sort of curved pointed chin mm. and then sticking a bunch of fake makeup on yeah it's it's pretty creepy but applying the fake makeup very well I'm also the hair mm. hair hides a lot yeah well that, that's my house mate Lord, that's that's really good. I like I the like fact I, that it I've kind seen... of masks behind the like. The, there's a microphone in that picture. They've got yeah. a microphone obscuring their face, but it's what I think's really impressive is how it. Because if you're a, a girl and you do it with the guy's filter, it's short and it like gives you a man's oh, haircut. Crops you. Yeah, it's really weird. Huh. That's good. Mm. It goes to show the power of a. I mean, I this all. Of, it's not all I've heard about, but I've heard a lot about it the past week or so, so I thought we were past filters by now, you know? I thought the internet's obsession with filters had kind of, the wacky ones at least. Maybe not the filters that actually do improve what you look like, but yeah, it just goes to show. <laughs> this is so good. Look at Beth. Oh, what? It's, it's uh, horrible. Applied stubble and a sort of, stylish parted haircuts gross i mean that's 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 virgin on the whole um you know the the fake person making thing what do they call it the ai building oh people yeah thing. that's uh, a new person nvidia's thing mm, yeah is it it totally like changes your face yeah if i ever need like an alter ego or something i can just use that mm. if only i can figure out how to sign into my snapchat account huh. Anywho, let's talk about a bit of news. I've got Adobe first up. Adobe have been uh, a bit naughty. Well, depending on who you ask. <laughs> so earlier this week, Adobe started sending some users of uh, its Creative Cloud software. So Creative Cloud being Adobe's subscription licensing service. So I think from 2013 onwards, if you wanted to buy adobe software so we're talking photoshop lightroom premiere there are lots there's got to be like 25 30 odd different programs if you wanted to buy them then you had to buy them as part of this subscription model where you pay monthly anywho they've come out uh, this week and said uh, we've recently discontinued certain older versions of created cl creative cloud applications and as a result under the terms of our agreement you are no longer licensed to use them Please be aware that should you continue to use the discontinued versions, you may be at risk of potential claims of infringement by third parties. It's a bit threatening, isn't it? Yeah, I've seen yeah. a lot of people upset about this. Again, I saw this one making the rounds on Twitter. Right. With the uh, so what they're saying is upgrade to the latest version, which 
presumably you have a license for, I, I think, I, I don't know, you've got a Creative Cloud account. Do you just kind of, is there just a tier and you, you pay your money and you get access to the latest version? Yeah, so you choose, uh, so they've got ones like the Photography Suite, which is um, Photoshop and illustrator no a photoshop and lightroom i think yeah and you could get that for 17 quid a month or on the master collection which you can get for 50 quid a month and that's everything or you could have single apps for 10 quid a month so photoshop for a tenner a month so they're they're kind of what they're saying is hey you're using an old version of the software but you've got access to the new version of the software so just use that and you'll be fine but the problem that various people i've seen talking about this have saying is you run into issues like for one thing you might be part way through a project uh and if you switch versions while you're in the middle of making something then you're gonna potentially run into all kinds of weird issues yeah, when you move, point. which might cost you a bunch of time or effort or flat out break something uh you might have to relearn how to use the new version because they might move things around you might be relying on some obscure feature that they took out of the new version, which is definitely something I've seen people complaining about. Hey, there's this weird random thing that nobody really uses, but I do, and I rely entirely on it, so I can't <laughs> use anything beyond this version. Yeah, you know, um, AutoCAD mm. software, um, I think they tried to do the same thing where they got everyone into subscription models, but because architects are famously stubborn people who don't like change there was uh, a lot of pushback from from the community who said look we've got our way of working we've got our software just let us get on with it please and they did eventually back down on that whereas that doesn't seem to have been the case with adobe or any of their stuff Mm. they pushed this quite quite aggressively but here they come saying that for certain softwares including i think it's some of the creative cloud 2015 suite if you continue to use that, you are potentially, right? They're not saying that they're threatening you. It's not them who's going to be coming after you. They say potentially third parties might be coming after you. And a lot of the speculation is around Dolby because Amazon, uh, not Amazon, uh, Adobe. Adobe got into a lawsuit, a copyright lawsuit with Dolby at some point last year, presumably around. I'm guessing some kind of audio codec or technology I would have thought there was in one of these softwares. Yeah, the commentary I've read suggests that maybe to do with the whole shift from Adobe moving from a sort of flat out, you buy the product, you buy a box product, mm-hmm. to now you're buying a subscription service where you're paying as a, a lower fee every month and we give you access like their the license that Adobe had with Dolby, where they're licensing some bit of Dolby technology to bundle up inside these yeah you know, programs, didn't really cover them switching to that, or at least that's the claim Dolby are making. Okay, so yeah. they changed to a subscription model, which kind of has worked wonders for Adobe's bottom line. They've they've pushed up their prices massively. They. Uh, they're charging you less per month, but if they can keep you paying that per month, then they're going to reap way more money than they would just selling you a one-off product. Yeah, um, it's apparently you know brought them lots and lots of income making this change. But maybe Dolby haven't seen as much of that as they wanted to. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe they're just like 
paying. I don't know how that works exactly. This is where there's lawsuits come in. So it feels like this is maybe the consumers have got caught in this legal battle where potentially the latest versions of Creative Cloud, they've worked out something with Dolby where Dolby are happy, but they've not done it for the retroactively for the old versions. And so now they're saying, well, I guess we're not legally able to distribute those anymore, which means we can't support them, which means we've got to tell all of our customer base to get off them it's because tr- Dolby or whoever might yeah. come after them. It's really it's a tricky one when you consider all the codecs and the third-party stuff that, like, if you load up a an Adobe program, you've got your splash screen there, and in the corner just be loads of little text saying, you know, well, licensed by this or this by this, this by this, all this, all these third-party things. But I don't know. There's certain types of file in Windows 10. If you try and open them with the native video viewer, we'll say, oh, sorry. We don't have this codec. Do you want to go and download it? And if you click yes, it takes you to the Microsoft Windows 10 store. And it says like, codec, five quid. And I'd, I can't imagine anyone's buying these codecs. I know. But it's like they're saying, look, we, we can't, we'd have to pay to do this. We don't want to pay to do this. But, but if, if you, you want really, to really, really want to watch this thing encoded in this thing, yeah, then you can buy your own license. It's the reason why I think Windows 10, certainly Windows 8, couldn't play DVDs. It's because they didn't want to license the MPEG-4 codec or whatever that it, whatever it was. Yeah, if you if you're going to include DVD playback in your natively in your operating system you've got to buy a license for every single one of that instance of that operating system you sell yeah and at some point you've got to make the calculation as to whether that's worth it or not yeah is that feature good enough that you're going to buy it or are your users not actually going to be watching dvds on all their laptops that no longer have dvd drives in them etc etc it's also quite a hard sell these days when a copy of windows 10 is like I don't know, because we, we tend to see it OEM, you know, pre-installed, but a box copy's like, was it 130, 120 quid? I don't know, somewhere around that maybe. Yeah. Like how much is a pint of milk except for computers? I don't, I don't <laughs> buy Down as to much. earth, do you know how much your Windows box product costs? I don't buy as much Windows box product as I do milk. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway. Um, yeah, the, the, the point is, you think the onus would be on Adobe to kind of shield the user. I mean, they Adobe could indemnify their customers from being liable for this. Mm-hmm. Presumably. I know, you know, if you if you have a computer with Windows XP on, it reaches end of life, that's on you if you get hacked. You could, they don't have an obligation to provide security updates forever. You don't expect to get sued by whoever because you're still using an old version of the software. No. Like especially if you're paying a license fee still, because this is not people who've kind of bought an old bought a copy of the program and now they're being told you can't use it. This is people who are actively paying, you know, twenty dollars or whatever a month to Adobe and are still paying that money, but are being told, Hey, the version you're using you can't use, so it's upgrade or go. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of a no no win situation for Adobe. Because on the one hand, the the, the message they've put out could be uh, could be seen as, oh, guys, just so you know, we're not supporting this software anymore. Third parties might be after you. Good luck. 
or the or you know which people are going to get it set up because Adobe's kind of leaving them in the lurch. The other side of things, it does kind of the way it's worded. It could be interpreted as a scaremonger tactic to try and get you updated onto the latest software. It just it feels like a legal thing, doesn't it? It feels like they don't really want to explain what's going on because they might accidentally, you know, admit fault in some ongoing case or something like that. And they don't want to tell you eh, it's probably fine because Dolby or whoever might come after people. So they don't want to tell you, you know, you're probably all right, but they might have some legal grounds, but we don't really know because it's not gone through a court yet. And we don't know whether Dolby are actually going to come after our customers or if they're just interested in coming after us. Dolby. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine them going after people. Unless, I mean, it could it could be other people. Yeah, yeah, it could be. It might not be Dolby. That's just an existing case. Mm-hmm. It, maybe maybe some other people who've, who've got codecs in, bundled in in this software have looked at that case and gone, hang on a minute. I, That's true. We're not getting the right licensing I tell money you what, back. It better be a great codec. You know, when you record or when you transcode audio, you 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 better be thinking, "Wow, that is some audio." <laughs> um, the whole thing about paying monthly for it and it being an ongoing service is an interesting one because there was that video that came out not very long ago about video games and the ideas of games as a service. Did you ever watch that? So I started it. it. Um, it was. It was very long. Yeah, it was. And I knew, I kind of got where he was going with it, and he seemed to be taking a long time to he get did. there. Uh, but to, to his credit, I mean, I know that video has its detractors, but I think it was genuinely quite thought, well thought out. I and think the last half of it is kind of responses or, you know, arguments that could be made against what he's saying. Have you, sure. heard, have you seen this, Adam? No. Right, a guy uh, put out a video, it's like an hour and something minutes long. So it's all about games as a service. So the idea of, because uh, you get a lot of video games these days where you buy it once and then it's got quite a long tail on it. So for instance, you buy Destiny, you buy it once, but then there's various different upgrades and things going forward. But Destiny 1, for instance, eventually that's not going to be playable anymore. And it's the argument of when is a, when is something a service and when is it a product? And mm-hmm. by and large... I think the general rule of thumb is if you're paying for it on an ongoing basis, it is a service and therefore uh, a certain set of rules apply to it. Whereas if it is a good, a product that you've purchased outright, then that has a different set of rules. So for example, if you've got a multiplayer game um, that relies on you being able to uh, connect up to the the game creators have, have made some servers you connect up to the servers and you play online and the whole point of the game is to play online with other people and you bought that you know 10 years ago for 60 quid and then they've decided oh not very many people are playing this anymore we're going to shut down those servers and suddenly the thing that you bought no longer works mm. and it's not because it's like broken mm. or come to end of life necessarily it's because the company has actively made a decision to shut it down and therefore they have removed the thing that you paid for. I suppose it's to do with at what point do you get your money's worth? Well, the argument would be that you're kind of, 
you're buying a one-off product. Mm -hmm. So if I buy a vase, you know, mm. I'm getting my money if I I want it there on a mantle Mm. for decades. That's what about what about say uh, old cartridge games where it's got battery batteries in first. See that that probably falls under end of life. Yeah, there's an it's, argument between. So what I'm, but like, what I'm uh, getting at though is like, if it's a digital product, there is no such so, thing as. So here's device. the thing: if I if I sell you a car, and then you know the battery dies in yeah. the car or the wheel punctures or whatever, that's kind of wear and tear. That's expected end of life of parts. You wouldn't come back to me as the person who sold it to you and say, "Hey, this is broken. Give me my money back." What What I'm but, saying is, but if I you know ten years down the line come and collect the car back off your drive or take the engine back and say, no, I'm having this back now. Yeah. Then you'd be a bit upset. I, I get that. But what I'm saying is with a digital product, there is no such thing as end of, uh, you know, as wear and tear. So is it, is it reasonable to expect that you can, there is, there is an end of life for, for a digital product? Well, that's the legal argument. The, uh, the way the law stands, see, and this is as as often the case, we're talking about United States law. Um, the way the law stands seems to imply that if you are paying a subscription for something, you're kind of, you're paying for a subscription to that. And so as long as you're paying the subscription, you should have access to it. And as soon as you stop, then you stop getting access uh, whereas if you are paying a one-time fee, you are buying a good. Mm. And therefore, and it's the difference between goods and services, and a good should continue working for as long as its end of life. And if there is no stated end of life on the product when you buy it, then it should keep working. So technically, Adobe is a subscription-based product. So if it, they decide this product is no longer supported that's kind of within their rights but then it gets kind of weird with adobe because there's there's um there's photoshop cc 2015 and there's photoshop cc 2018 are they separate products how do they how does that subscription fall is that only does that only apply to the latest version the other thing is that you are signing up when you when you buy the subscription, you're clicking, I agree to an end user license agreement that mm. says explicitly that they can change the end user license agreement in the future. Yeah. So, and um, it probably also says in there that they can remove your license to the software. Because if you ever actually read through these, the end user license agreements, they are full of all kinds of back covering for the company that you're buying the thing from and the bare minimum of rights that you have that they have to give you. So basically you kind of, when you're paying a subscription to something, you are saying, right, I pay X amount a month. I'm basically guaranteeing for the next month that I have my the thing that I need. Mm. And as soon as the next month rolls around next month, you know, that subscription deal might have changed. And so suddenly I'm out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, what was I going to say? It all, it all seems like a, uh, a really bad experience from a consumer point of view, but legally, I think they are fully within their rights to do yeah. this, which I mean, is a bad situation. And maybe there should be some changes to some laws, but sure, you know, that's the way it stands. I mean, that video game video 
does make the case that a lot of people have this misconception that you're buying a license when you buy a game. So if you buy a game online digitally, you're actually buying a license to that game that's revo- revocable, revocable at any time. However, in Europe at least, there's a lot of laws that protect consumers from that. So if you buy licensed software, it's considered bought, it's owned by you, it can be resold. So... Yeah, the fact that different continents have different rules as well makes things more complicated. Mm. But yeah, he says actually that America is one of the kind of least clear on this and possibly least good for the consumer because there's lots of Europe, England, uh, Canada, and so on. I think he cites as having various laws that protect consumers, whereas America kind of it's in applied potentially in some of its laws but hasn't really been fully written out or tested so that's a kind of with a lot of these companies being in america being american companies and mainly selling to the american market then Mm. that's kind of where there's a lot of gray area yeah that's where you get all that contention uh did you know there's a company where you can get a monthly subscription to jeans I think I did know that, yeah. Mud jeans, it's called. Is that because... I, I say monthly subscription, you don't buy it, it's leasing. You're leasing a pair of jeans. Mm-hmm. You have to send the jeans back. The, the angle they've gone with is that fashion is a dirty business and jeans are one of the dirtiest garments out there. <laughs> Due to its volume, the denim industry has a big impact. On average, people buy 2 billion pairs of jeans each year. Less than 1% of materials used to produce clothing is recycled into new clothing. Let's do this differently. So they've got the altruistic kind of bent on it Save the planet. Yeah, yeah. So you lease a pair of jeans for a monthly fee when the jeans are worn out or if you feel like a change you send in your jeans and you get a new pair how easy is denim to recycle i don't know i mean a lot of denim's appeal is that it's hard wearing so i don't know maybe it's maybe i bet it, I bet it would be quite easy i don't know i feel like like if you got if you got a, a bit of cloth that you cut up into you know a pattern for trousers then you can't then take those bits of trousers and reform them into a new cloth, can you? No, but maybe you can use them for like patches and... Yeah, you can make one of them sick pairs of jeans where it's just like a patchwork of different... <laughs> Is that what mud jeans look like? Is it just <laughs> yeah. stitched together from bits of old jeans? It's a very sophisticated range, I'll have you know. I'm trying to find a pricing, but I can't. <clears throat> but I will tell you this. It annoys me immensely the way that they refer to jeans grammatically. So they've got tabs, so you can, you can buy, buy for women, buy for men, and then the leasing is under a tab called Lease a Jeans. That can't be right, can it? Lease a jeans. Yeah. Oh, like, I think it is, but it... Oh. If you want to swap, then you can lease another jeans. No, is that what he says? <laughs> That's what it says. Lease another jeans. No, because they call them jean shorts, don't it they? It should be a pair of. Yeah. Lease another jeans. I mean... In, Lease a pair of jeans. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, to be fair, it says here, free shipping to Netherlands... Uh, Germany and Belgium, I think. So maybe it's just English isn't their first language. Mm. I don't know. I would like to lease one jeans, please. One jeans, please. (laughs) 
Uh, let's have a quick chat about this other one about the insulin pumps. So you sent this a couple of weeks ago. Sorry, I didn't see it in the chat. I'm glad you pay attention. <laughs> yes, but now I've seen it. To be fair, you didn't raise it. You didn't go, where's that story that I sent you, Joe? I, I didn't need to. I put it in our, in our dedicated podcast chat. That podcast chat has been kind of... Uh, collapsed the view of it's been collapsed for months it just so happened i stumbled upon it accidentally and then realized oh there's an article in here i didn't know about <laughs> well do you want to give us the lead let's see if i can remember it was like three or four weeks ago that i posted this tell me about doug boss doug boss um Doug Boss is a man who needs insulin to survive doug boss is one of these uh characters upon which trendy news articles pick to tell you the human story <laughs> uh he's there's nothing especially unique about him i think he's basically just one of many one of many people who are buying up these old discontinued insulin pumps yeah so, so a company called medtronic yes so they um so it's an insulin pump that kind of talks to your phone uh, and kind of it it's you attach it to your body and it delivers insulin to you at like prescribed amounts but i think it's kind of it's quite a manual process i think you have to like use an app on your phone to like put in exactly what you're eating and so on and yeah and it's not kind of it's not plugging into anything else it can't automatically figure out what you what how much insulin you do or don't need so it's very dependent on you going in there and putting in precisely what you if you have a cup of coffee you specify how big that cup of coffee is you've got to really got to do your homework and a bit of mental arithmetic is involved yeah you can and if you kind of like drink a cup of coffee and forget to put it in then that can kind of throw off your calculations and so on so um people would have these insulin pumps um they got withdrawn they're no longer available for sale specifically because it was discovered there was a flaw in them um a security flaw you could actually hack into the insulin pump of somebody and then send commands to it and override what it's doing mm. and you know send that either shut off the insulin supply or send them too much which you know you could hack into this thing and kill someone basically mm. so it was pulled from the market you can't get them anymore the only place you can get these things is kind of you know craigslist or ebay um the other kind of half of the this kind of more modern monitoring insulin thing is people have an insulin monitor that will kind of sit there and monitor their blood sugar levels and send them alarms and things uh and that will I think that talks to your phone as well, something like that. Yeah. And there's this kind of feeling of two halves of a puzzle there in that you've got a device that's sitting there constantly monitoring your blood sugar and then you've got another device that is able to kind of send insulin or, mo or control the amount of insulin to kind of affect that blood sugar. But these two devices don't talk to each other at all. So yeah. you, you're still sat in the middle using apps on your phone to do calculations, logging what you're eating and so on, telling like waking up in the middle of the night because your glucose monitor, your blood sugar monitor has gone off 
because your blood sugar has dropped too low and so you've got to eat something. So, you know, wake up at 3 a.m. in the morning. Um, do you think that that's laziness or do you think that's a kind of reticence from the medical community to fully automate the process? I, I would guess the latter in that you don't want to be responsible for writing, you know, mm. getting something wrong in your your algorithm that then yeah, gives somebody an overdose or yeah. an underdose. Sure. There's, um, I don't know if you've kind of, on a tangent, I don't know if you've seen in the news they're talking about this, another Tesla autopilot crash. Another Tesla has driven into another semi-truck. Oh, right. Uh, and I think it's looking at the logs, autopilot was engaged about 10 seconds before the crash. And then, mm. you know, Tesla is saying, oh, well, we we didn't see any, um, we, we reckon the guy took his hands off the wheel about eight seconds before the crash. So, you know, autopilot was on, but he wasn't holding the wheel. Um, so he was, you know, kind of, he wasn't following the instructions and paying attention. So, you know, it, it's not necessarily his autopilot's fault because he might not have been, you know, he was he's supposed to remain attentive. Mm. Um to which there is apparently an argument that the, the way that it detects whether you've got your hands on the wheel is it measures torque, so it measures whether you're turning the wheel. Right. So you could have your hands on the wheel and be paying attention, but if you're not turning the wheel, then as far as the logs and Tesla go, you're not touching the wheel. Yeah. Anyway, um, all this to say that one of the arguments we've seen about autopilot and how it's helpful um is that it's not perfect. So it's good to have there as a backup because sometimes it will step in and save you and, you know, react quicker or see something that you've missed and, you know, genuinely save somebody. But as long as people aren't fully trusting it, you've kind of got two systems working in tandem. You've got a person who is there holding the wheel, being attentive, paying attention, and then this backup of autopilot that might pick up something they've missed. Whereas if people fully trusted autopilot and switched over, you know, just switched off and stopped paying attention, then you might suddenly have an increase in, you know, car accidents again because you're relying on a system that might not be all there yet. Yeah. So kind of similar argument, I guess, in that you if you're a company that's coming in and trying to solve this problem by saying you know we've built an all-in-one system it'll sit there it'll monitor your glucose it'll give you insulin uh you don't have to do anything then people aren't going to be paying attention and they might not spot warning signs if it doesn't work properly if it goes wrong if it gets the wrong readings and so on but that hasn't stopped some people has it no so uh they call this looping which is wild. So Pete, there's a couple of different programs, open source programs that have been written there where it basically uses this kind of old discontinued insulin pump and the the security flaw in it. They use an app on their phone to use the security flaw to talk to the insulin pump and do the kind of calculations based on um, the readings that they're getting from their blood sugar monitor to automatically change the amount of insulin. So doing what the FDA at this point won't. Yeah. And uh, what the uh, FDA suggests you don't do. It's, um, it's, I think the most interesting line in this is 
that so Doug says that he, he gets to this point where he starts using the algorithm, the the, the looping algorithms, because he can't sleep. Mm. And he says, if I drink a coffee in the morning and I forget to enter into my phone, my blood sugar is going to be higher than normal. As he, as far as he sees it, the the everyday risk of making such a mistake outweighs the remote risk of someone else hacking his pump, which is another thing. So it is a security flaw. So you've got two things to worry about. One is the algorithm going uh, going uh, off off reservation and Make accidentally sense. pumping too much into you. But then there's also the element of what if someone was maliciously coming up to you and trying to influence your pacemaker, which runs on, I don't know if it's Bluetooth or how it connects, but it's interceptable. Yeah, it's whatever some, it is. some kind of wireless. So he feels that it's worth the risk to use this algorithm because it means that he can sleep at night rather than having to manually correct all the time and keep a, a glass of apple juice by his bed to make sure that his blood sugars are high enough if he needs them to be. Yeah. They, um, so the algorithm like predicts what you're going to need, uh, kind of sends a, sends an instruction of how much insulin to dispense every five minutes. And yeah, the, the kind of the big selling point that a lot of people are saying, which I guess I, because the blood sugar drops low and they have to deal with it in the middle of the night. Mm. Whereas with this, people are now sleeping through the night. Yeah. Which sounds like, you know, if, you, if you've gone from in un, you know interrupted sleep for however many years to being able to sleep through a night, then I can see why you'd be, you know, not too concerned about the very remote possibility that somebody's yeah gonna want to mess around with your pump and hack into it through that um it's just that loop the looper terminology because mm. of course first thing you think is that film looper <laughs> that has loopers in it doesn't it but there's a there's a there's a sentence later on where it's referring to another person it's like blah blah whose son loops it's <laughs> 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 like do you, do you even loop, bro? I was just you know, like, say that. How do you know when someone loops? Oh, they'll tell you. Yeah. You know, it's just a terminology thing. But um, yeah, and in 2016, the FDA did actually come out with a looping system from Medtronic themselves. Okay. Uh, however, if you use it, it locks you into a pump, a glucose sensor, and Medtronic software. So... I mean, the thing is, there are people arguing, oh, this stuff should be accessible. You should be able to do what you want with this. But I'm a very two minds about that. On the one hand, yes, it would be nice if you had a kind of the ability to, uh, you know, kind of a right to repair in a way mm. for your very, very expensive medical equipment. But on the other hand, also, do you really want to be messing with that? Mm. You know, and there's... I, if, I suppose if there is a big warranty sticker on it that says, you know, warranty void, if you take this off and start meddling, just have a little micro USB pub with a little bit of void tape over it. Mm. It's like, don't, don't do it. But it's, yeah, it's an interesting article. It talks about things like the Facebook communities who have all come up with like life hacks to make their Metatronic, you know, end of life hackable system, say more water resistant and things like Cover that. Cover it in so, tape. Yeah, cover it in tape where you've got people, sometimes the people who've actually developed the software who are saying, oh, here's how you do this with the software and we'll modify it to do this. 
And the other interesting thing was talking about because it is hackable and because it's very high in demand, these things go for a lot of money. But the community, by and large, is very, very, there's a lot of backlash if anyone tries to sell one on for a profit. So, mm. you know, if someone thinks, oh, I've got this hot piece of, of medical equipment, I'll try and sell it for eight grand or whatever, people will say, no, 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 no. They talk about hunting them down and then sort of raffling them off to people. Yeah, which is a nice way to do things. Because I imagine specifically in America, the cost of medical stuff is already through the roof. The last thing you need is people taking advantage of that. Mm. I think this is the argument against the the kind of Medtronic one, is that... For I, I guess that one size doesn't fit all. So people want instead of you being able to buy this is the system, yeah, and you have to use this system and this is how it works. People want a sort of open standards thing where you can buy the pump you want, the sensor you want, the computer you want, uh, and kind of mix and match different things together mm. and have them all talk and kind of go with the ones that kind of work for you. Yeah. Um, whereas if there's just one thing out there and it's Mm -hmm. all from the same company then it's probably you know it might not be perfect for you and it also might cost a crazy amount of money yeah people selling it on the street like ticket touts ticket touting for your pancreas (laughs) (laughs) and if you want to see a melding of these two topics subscription models and price hikes and augmentations i suggest repo man (laughs) have you ever seen the movie repo man no i haven't no Missing out. It's uh, not Schwarzenegger, is it? No, it's on, <clears throat> was it Jude Law and uh, Forrest Whitaker? Yeah. Oh, you've told me about this before, yeah. Yeah, it's quite good. Bit it's dystopian. People buying artificial organs, mm. but then they, they like, they're leasing them. And so if they stop paying, yeah, if they stop paying the money, then the repo men basically come and, come and collect the organ back, which obviously kills oh. the person. I mean, you want to talk about, you know, consumer rights. <laughs> that whole thing's a nightmare. But at least they're not leasing a jeans. <laughs> okay, right, I'm done, I think. Do you think mud jeans will come and just like... Pants you in the middle of the street. <laughs> yeah, just keg you in the middle of the street. It's just like they're paying. attached with Velcro and they just rip them off. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Denim Velcro trousers. <laughs> well, uh, or jeans, rather. Cool. Well, uh, thank you very much for listening. If you want to send us uh, or get an email or get in touch, then send it through to podcast at unravelingtechnology.co.uk or find us on twitter at unraveling tech we also have our blog which is unraveling.technology and if you haven't left us a review already then please feel free to do so uh, we're on amazon no i've said amazon again you're obsessed <laughs> it's one of those because <laughs> we usually talk about amazon yeah i'm glad we at least managed to work a tesla slash elon musk reference in today yeah <laughs> what kind of podcast will it be without one uh, no, if you want to send us, uh, leave us a review, then do it on iTunes. Amazon can't help you here. Or your favorite podcast obtaining platform of choice. Yes, we, we don't discriminate. So from me, Joe, David, and Adam, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.